Hello, and welcome to the Workplace Experience Podcast, proudly brought to you by Workplace Services Australia, your leading workplace strategy, change management, workplace culture, and associated workplace services partner. My name is Blythe Williams. I'm a senior flexible working strategist and workplace culture lead at Workplace Services Australia. This is the sixth episode of the Workplace Experience Podcast. In Australia, over the last couple of weeks, workplace culture has been in the headlines and, like normal, for all the wrong reasons. Then again, it is not unusual. It is often an event, an unsavoury event, that triggers the commencement of a workplace audit. These events can be the result of, say, organisational restructure and how people who are made redundant have been treated in the eyes of their peers, the impact of the workload of the people that are left standing. It can also be triggered by more sordid events, such as a building security breach, an allegation of crime on a person or against an organisation. No matter what the trigger, I'm renowned for saying, if you think the workplace culture audit journey is gonna be easy, leave the building now. People often say, how do you start a workplace culture audit? To which I reply, there is no real handbook for this. Every organisation is different. The culture of a workplace is an output of many activities, which so many people can touch. There can be one fatal activity or numerous small activities that can make a workplace culture toxic. Remember, people are different. There is a kind and sharing type of individual compared to your narcissistic operator. But one thing is for sure, the majority of people put number one first at any cost. Another way to look at the workplace culture is that it is actually an outcome made up from a number of webs and each of the strands of the webs contribute to the overall workplace culture. Workplace culture is not only influenced by your HR processes. This is only one part. How your people are engaged to work in your organisation, that is who is responsible for the hiring and firing is key. How employees and their performances are managed is also essential. Let's not forget performance management does not always have to be negative. For your high performers, it is how you manage their performance and their career development in a positive way. What ongoing education and training is provided either in-house for their current roles or future career development in the same or different area of expertise or external training and career development opportunities does play a critical role to your workplace culture. How people are acknowledged for a job well done or the method that's adopted for hard conversations when people fall short of expectation is also critical. This can have a long-term impact on your workplace culture. Individuals in any workplace need to feel that they have a purpose, that they are appreciated, that there is opportunity in the organisation or within their area of expertise to better themselves, they feel that they have succeeded each day 
in their contribution to their team and to the wider organisation, and that they have a strong, reliable leadership that is there to protect their back. This all feeds into the individual team and organisation's wellbeing, which is a cornerstone for a leading workplace culture. Do your employees, as well as your customers, understand your organisation's mission and values? How these are communicated and the regularity of the communication is key. Remember, regular communication of these is one thing, but living by the sword in regards to this mission and values is critical. Does your workplace culture foster equality, not just by gender, ethnic background, sexual orientation, and other forms of diversity? Does equality also exist within the workplace by a shallow or approachable hierarchy model based on the functionality of your organisation? Is there also provisions for speaking out, pay parity and rights at work, no matter your seniority within the organisation? As you can see, this web is becoming more and more complex. But let's keep going on this journey. The workplace culture is also influenced by the built environment. Is it fit for purpose? Often as buildings age and technology improves, if these advancements aren't included within the built environment, it can often lead to a negative impact on the workplace culture, as the day-to-day, business-as-usual tasks actually become harder and harder. Does the building environment provide flexibility if tasks and activities change during the calendar year or by other cyclical influences like a political cycle? Does the building provide a safe environment for employees with adequate CCTV coverage or security protocols, just to name two? Does the organisation systems allow for a culture of transparency, such as e-workflows, remote or flexible working, or does it reflect a culture of the secret squirrels? Do the people in your shared services team of your organisation that facilitate the smooth operation of the built environment get treated the same as individual contributors or management in professional departments within your organisation. The shared services personnel, such as cleaners, catering, function staff and security, are all responsible for the smooth day-to-day operation of your workplace and can directly influence the positive workplace culture. Do other processes within your workplace promote ease of doing daily tasks and sharing providing open, regular and transparent communication on a variety of matters, from specific tasks through to cultural messaging. These can all contribute to how the workplace is classified as being an excellent, good or poor place to work. Then let's look at change. At different stages through an organisation's lifespan, there will be change. It does not have to be massive like the big bang blow up the world approach. The most effective change is often incremental 
And this incremental approach allows for management and staff to both focus on areas of the business that are having a negative impact on the workplace culture. These could include, say, having to improve respect in the workplace. Often this is not intentional. People generally do not cope well under pressure. So to overcome this, they might need to be a circuit breaker mechanism. So this can vary and can be very effective. Remember the saying, often you can't see the trees in the woods. Objectivity wins over subjectivity. Remember, appreciation is key. It's not just for turning up, but for what you feel is important to give your colleagues the credit for. It might be thanking your manager for something that he or she has done. It may not have been obvious to him or her, as it was only a small part of their day, but they do like to be appreciated. Everybody likes to be appreciated. It might be thanking the day cleaners or the night cleaners or the catering or function team. It makes a huge difference. Appreciation is a two-way street and is key to having an excellent world-leading workplace culture. The next part of our discussion is how to measure the health of your workplace culture. To successfully conduct a health check on your workplace culture, you need to provide an environment of confidence. The workplace culture audit leaders need to provide security and confidence that what is shared with them will be treated confidentially. This team can unearth some amazing things, both good and bad. Our team believes in using traditional survey methods, plus a real focus on one-on-one -on -one discussions, not interviews, a far more free-flowing format to allow everything that is bottled up to be let out. We need that genie out of that bottle. Investigations are also carried out on a variety of processes to understand what is working and what is not, and what is having a negative impact on the workplace culture. Then comes the recommendations on how to improve the culture. Remember, if you wish to aspire to have a world-leading workplace culture, the audit is not a one-off exercise. It's not a set and forget, particularly if your organisation undergoes consequential change of any type. Always remember the definition of consequential should always be viewed in the eyes of the employee. Thank you for joining us for episode seven. Please see the show notes below, leave us your feedback or subscribe. The way it is today, Monday, the 1st of March, 2021. This has been the Workplace Experience Podcast. I am Bly Williams, and thanks for joining us.
The Workplace Experience Podcast has been brought to you by Workplace Services Australia. Please visit us at www.wsagroup.com.au.